empowering you with strategies to succeed. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jen Tringale. I hope that this podcast finds you doing well. Maybe you have just sat down and taking a moment to listen, or maybe you're listening while doing a hundred different things. Either way, I'm glad that we get to share this time together. My heart for this podcast is, and will always be, that it's just a right word. It's a word of encouragement. It's a word that will spark your imagination, hopefully your creativity, and maybe produce innovation in whatever it is you're called to do. And that what we share through this podcast is always just a catalyst for you. And I pray that today's podcast serves that purpose. I know there is so much that is going on in the world right now. And if that's not enough, the barrage of opinions about all that's going on in the world is enough to just make you want to pull the covers over your head. But I know this, just like I am sure you are discovering that God is with us, he's in the midst of this with us, and that he is bringing us through I want to share with you on the podcast today, not necessarily one big idea, but a few key things that have served as an anchor for me over the past two or three months. They've been months that in the world around us have been chaotic, unexpected, unprecedented for sure. But I know that God has proven himself to be my constant companion. And just like you, as I have leaned on him for truth and understanding, there's been some key things that have served that purpose for me. That's what I'm going to share with you today. One of the things that we have been hearing a lot of possibility around is this phrase, second wave. And I don't really have anything much to say about that, but I'll tell you what I am more familiar with, and that's a second wind. And not to sound cliche, but a second wind is really pivotal. I mean, if I'm honest, I have actually gotten a lot done on a second wind. In fact, to tell you the truth, right now, I'm recording this podcast on sort of a second wind of just a jam-packed day. But what I recognize is that when I embrace that second wind, there is so much good that can come from it. And I have found that just to be the prayer of my heart lately, that in the middle, really in the middle of a year that has brought so much that has not been the easiest to walk through, that right now from heaven, there's a second wind. And that second wind is bringing our strength back. It's bringing our vision back. It's upping our creativity, and it's giving us what we need to innovate, to step into the unknown for the rest of this year and moving forward. I don't know about you, but that sounds really good to me because I recognize that I need it. I need that second wind to keep going forward. Just this past week, I had the opportunity to be sort of on the opposite side of the equation of the interview interviewee. Usually I'm the one as a podcast host that's interviewing guests and, oh, I just love it because I love the opportunity to sit down with someone that's carrying something so valuable and really just sort of pull the string of what that is and then just 
watch them share that and the power in the telling and in the sharing. It's just something I never grow tired of. But this past week, I was on the other side of that equation. I did some radio interviews and some podcast interviews as well. And one of the things that I discovered is that that sort of second wind that I shared with you that I'm sensing, a lot of individuals are sensing the same thing. And in the middle of that second wind that God's giving us, there is what we are going to need to walk through the unknown. In one of the podcast interviews I did, we talked about how there's really no model for this moment. And so if you are one that's been building whatever God's called you to build and just having to go one step at a time, not really following a model or duplicating what somebody else did, but just really having to sense it out with your spiritual senses, your instinctive knowings on the inside. If you've been walking that sort of path leading up to this, then it's really just going to be a continuum of that. Maybe you have to take those skills to a deeper level, but it's a lot easier for those of us that have been walking out something literally one step at a time than for those that are merely duplicating someone else's model. Because of that, it leaves us in a place that is probably one of the main keys that's been steadying me through this year, and that is a place of a deeper surrender to God. I'm wondering right now how many of you that are listening have felt that, that when I say that it's resonating with you, that you have discovered a deeper surrender to God on the deepest levels of who you are. And not just who you are, but a deeper level of surrender that you needed to think out of, act out of, react out of, behave from, and a deeper place of surrender to make decisions by. You know, it's interesting because we start out not really knowing how anything's going to be and total trust in God. What happens is that we actually wind up getting some traction, maybe having a little bit of success and things actually coming together. And it's so easy to just sort of stop visiting those places of surrender to God because things are essentially sort of running themselves. There's not so much a need for that daily drop on the knees going, God, I am absolutely lost without you. I'm sunk without you. I need you to navigate this day when you get things to a place where that type of trust isn't needed. But what I believe this has sparked on the inside of all of us is that, oh my goodness, how much we need him. And I believe that's one place that God is bringing good out of something that has been destructive, that he's calling us as Christ followers, as believers in him, back to that deeper place of being deeply surrendered to him at the core of our being. And if you have been in that place or maybe finding that place, I'll tell you this, what you discover is that that's the only place your identity really can come from. And when your identity just comes from being surrendered to him and who you are in him, it actually resolves a myriad of problems. 
It takes care of so much internal frustration and angst, and I'll tell you why. Because all of a sudden, you do not find your identity in your status or the lack thereof. You no longer find your identity in things like your family background your town, your country, your race. You don't find your identity in your specific gender, your failures, your circumstances, your successes. You don't find your identity in your reputation or your bank of knowledge, how smart you are. You don't find your identity in the opinion of others. But your soul identity becomes who you are to Jesus and in Jesus. And out of that comes this way of life that what he says to do, you do, and what he says to say, you say. When you find this place of conviction, of deeply surrendering to God, all of a sudden when you're faced with circumstances, it's the easiest thing in the world to trust. And I know that has been a key that has been steadying me through the last several months. The other thing I have discovered is that opposition is just a part of life. Now, I thought I knew this, but I think I have come to a deeper revelation of the fact that opposition is just a part of life and encountering it is not a signal that something is wrong or off with you. In fact, it may just be that you're dealing with something that's purpose was to try and derail you from your purpose. Opposition. I mean, I'm talking about internal opposition, fear that tries to come and take hold and paralyze you. Fear of the future, fear of the unknown, fear of what you hear on the news. That kind of internal opposition totally meant to derail us from our purpose. Other kinds of opposition that come internally like self-doubt. Listen, self-doubt can play out in a lot of ways if we don't address it. It can become a real hidden insecurity that causes us to shut down or self-doubt not dealt with can actually come out through us in ways where we try to control everything and everyone in our path. And when we do that, not only are we letting self-doubt rule us, but we are abandoning the thing that God did call us to do. I don't know which way your tendency is to respond, but I can tell you this. There has been something about realizing that opposition is a part of life that makes me want to shine the light of the word of truth, the word of God on any internal opposition that maybe I've just been putting up with or living with and saying, okay, Holy Spirit, let's deal with this. Is there any place of insecurity or self-doubt that's been shutting me down or caused me to over-control? Because if so, I want to deal with it. Opposition might not be internal. You know what? It could be external. It could be you have had real opposition coming from people that are just for whatever reason, finding voice to ridicule you or second guess you or talk you down from something you're rising up to do. You know what they say? People that feel rejected reject other people. It really isn't anything about you. It's that they feel rejected themselves. But nonetheless, opposition can come out of them. It might be like a sarcasm or a slam. Unfortunately, a lot of times these things play out online. It's sort of a dig without saying it to someone's face. And this can be real opposition. But you know what? 
if we recognize that opposition is just a part of life, I mean, God said, look, you have an enemy in this world. And he said, the enemy of your soul seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. And he said, don't have any fear. Take courage for I have overcome the world. And that's an invitation for you and I to rise up in his overcoming and overcome it. You know, many of you that listen to this podcast know that I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and Nashville is known as Music City, USA. It's known for its music, and it's really a great place to live. The interesting thing is for people that actually live there, the locals, more than just a music town, it's actually more so known as a songwriter's town. And typically when tourists come to Nashville, you know, they want to go see the big names or up-and-coming, you know, rising recording artists. And all of that's great. But for locals that live there, they tend to gather in these really small sort of hole-in-the-wall places, little restaurants and cafes that host these things called songwriters nights or songwriters in the round because it's really the songwriters that are celebrated there. I'll tell you, there is nothing like hearing the writer of a song sing the song or play the song. There's just such a deeper truth to it. And so it's the really the songwriters that are celebrated. But there is a man that is actually famous for generations now for other reasons. But the truth is he actually was a songwriter too. And this was a man by the name of Martin Luther. And in 1529, he penned a song, a hymn, that would go down in history. But there is this one line in this hymn, and it says this, For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. That is a line taken from the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Listen, he wrote this in 1529, centuries ago. And centuries ago, he was discovering the same thing you and I are discovering right now. There is an ancient foe that seeks to work us well, but he had found his anchor in the fact that it did not matter that we had a foe because our God is a mighty fortress. You can actually hear this revelation picked up in a songwriter's lyrics that's from a little closer to our time. And there's a woman that wrote one of my favorite songs that we sing in my home church, and I'm sure many of you know it. It's probably one of my favorites from the last couple of years, and it's a song called What a Beautiful Name It Is. This one particular lyric in the song I just love, and it simply says, You silenced the boast of sin and grave. You silenced the boast. I love the lyrics of both of these songs written centuries apart because it's saying, yes, there is opposition. The first one's really talking about external opposition. This last one's really kind of naming that internal opposition, but both are saying this, but he silenced it. He took care of it, and I'm going to have to choose to live out of that. No matter what kind of opposition it is that's making a play for you and I, it really boils down then to our response, doesn't it? Because the truth is we have to have one. If we don't have a response, the opposition wins, whether it's internal or external. But the response is not a response, it's someone else. The response is a spiritual response. And the response is to stand in the strength of our God to find that place of deeper surrender 
and say, God, with everything that's going on around me, for all the voices of self-doubt and insecurity that rise up, I know they have no footing in me because I surrender myself to you. I'm in you. There's a man that I have been studying lately. I just am eclipsed by this man's life. And I've actually just been looking into historically what was going on in the culture he was called to lead in. There was so much there that I had never known. It's been just a really a breathtaking study. He's a man by the name of Nehemiah. And I love the setting of when Nehemiah was called to lead, but he had an incredible amount of opposition that came at him. And his response was the right response. It was a spiritual response. And what I loved about his response is that everything that came at him, he didn't take personally, but instead he found his place in God and he lifted it up to him. He put himself in the hands of the one that called him. He didn't dive into self-fixing or trying to solve all the problems. He found his power source was in total surrender to God. And then the second thing that I love about Nehemiah is that after he found his place of surrender in God, the Bible says he simply went back to work. He persisted anyway. He picked up where he had left off and he just kept going. I want to encourage you to look back at what is the last thing that God stirred in your heart to do. It could be big or small, but whatever that thing is, whatever those things are, even in a time of chaos, I'm telling you, if we will look to him, there is a second wind that's available to us. And if we will keep our eyes on him and stay focused, even while there's chaos around us, I'm telling you what, that second wind is going to be like a wind at our back and it's going to bring us through. Just like Nehemiah, there is a right response to have in this moment. And it's not a response of social media rebuttal. It's not a response of adding our opinion to the piles of opinions. It's not a response of diving in to the chaos and getting lost in it ourselves. Our response is a spiritual response. And then It is a response to persist anyway. I believe this with all of my heart, that God truly is working incredible things in our midst. There's a lot of shaking going on. Maybe you've heard this talked about. I certainly believe that that's true. But I think we can take heart in what God said about shaking. He said there would be times where everything that could be shaken would be. You know what? If it can be shaken, I don't want it. And I have taken that posture in my own life and what God's called me to do. If it can be shaken loose, in other words, if it can be shaken loose because God's not in it, if it can be shaken loose because there's no foundation of truth in it, then let the shaking take place because I don't want it. God is so good. He's such a master builder. He will not add to us until he knows our foundation is secure. I believe that God has been given you keys that have been bringing you forward through this season and this time. I pray that so. And if you've been 
looking for some, I want to encourage you to take hold of the things I'm sharing on this podcast. Let them speak to your heart. The other thing I'd like to invite you to be a part of is an online conference that I'm doing coming up on July 2nd and 3rd. It's called Building the Future, and this is going to be three sessions to equip you in ways to build the future. I believe God's given us keys for that. I want to encourage you to register for this conference. And the great thing is, even if you can't be a part of it live, it will be on demand after the fact. Building the future, it's time for it. And I believe that this conference will give you exactly what you need to start building whatever God has called you to do. Make sure that you get registered. You can do that in the link below in this podcast, or you can visit my website at jentringale.com. I would love you to be a part of this online conference with me. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.